This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome to A Sunday Kind of Love, a brand new show on BFM. I'm Maya Tan and I've got Tasha Fusil with me on this episode. A Sunday Kind of Love is that laid-back Sunday kind of show where we talk about the possibilities of getting creative with recreation in the coming week. The mood of the day is eclectic with infusions of east and west, white and black, where polar opposites mesh and mingle. And if you look at what's going on, you'll see quite a strong fusion trend weaving its way around performances, exhibitions and new retail and culinary openings. Hands Percussion will be the first musical group to ever hold a concert, blending the music of Tchaikovsky with the Malay Gamelan. Why I want to introduce Gamelan in Hands is because it represents Malaysian. Mm-hmm. Of course, people will, won't agree, it's like, hey, the Gamelan I think is from Indonesia, but we have our Malay, Gamelan Melayu. And what do these have in common? <laughs> you know that kind it's of music. so retro. <laughs> We were close once. We started this whole Expendables thing together. Why our resident couch potatoes, Christina Oro and Edwin Sumoon, of course, with thoughts on new releases in books, film and music, and reimagining their relationships with food. Also examining the connections between food and film. I was quite taken aback by how seductive and titillating the movie was mm-hmm. and uh, how it really grasped that concept of the link between food and seduction emotions. or food and emotions or even the sensory experience. Then we take the two and marry them with our very own fusion life. Hack 10 minute muffins you can't refuse. Not only are these muffins delicious and a cinch to make, the Tay Tari also adds a local twist of flavor that's going to make you look like a gourmet in the kitchen. But first on the list, the things we thought were kind of sexy. So every week, we go out and about, scout and about, to discover which events, happenings and new products are worth your time in the week ahead. And what we've noticed, right, Tasha, is that there's this theme of fusion, sort of weaving in and out of all the events and happenings in KL. Yeah, that's right. Uh, from the Indomie Burger at Bestari mm. to our mango mishmash of Manglish, uh, we're definitely blessed to live in a part of the world that embraces the fusion of uh, different cultures, flavours and concepts. So this week, we're going to take a look at people and places who have fused different elements or ideas together uh, to create something new and exciting. First, we have Tchaikovsky on Gamelan, which will be a cultural exploration of Western classical pieces combined with the traditional Southeast Asian sounds of the Gamelan and the Shiku drum. We had the privilege of speaking to Bernard Go about this show, yeah. and here's a little clip of some of the amazing sounds that we can expect from the show. Why I want to introduce Gamelan in hands is because it represents Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Of course, people will, won't agree. It's like, hey, the gamelan I think is from Indonesia, but we have our Malay, gamelan Melayu. That's right. Yeah, and then same same time, I think it's a percussive instrument. That's right. So that it give a new life to to hands uh, performances. Tchaikovsky is something that's never been done. We change all the timpanis, the percussive thing into Chinese drum. It'll be performed by 13 performers from the Hands Percussion Group. And I've heard that the performance will be accompanied by some visually stunning stage projections. And, you know, if you've had the experience of watching Hands Percussion, you know, they are always so dynamic, full of energy. There's movement and voice as well as the percussion work. 
this time with the gamela and it's it's going to be something visually quite stunning i can't wait to watch it <laughs> okay tickets are priced at 128 and it's happening at pintas 2kl pack you can buy tickets at ticketpro.com.my uh, there are going to be two viewings at 3pm or 8.30pm on selected dates starting from the 15th to the 24th of August. And there's a lot of excitement happening in Penang at the moment as well. So up north, you know, there's the month-long Georgetown Festival going into its third week. And there's heaps of world-class performances and cross-cultural collaborations to look forward to. So more fusion there. Definitely. Um, a notable event that's happening during the festival in the next week is the TEDx World Key Conference, uh, which will take place on Saturday, the 16th of August. It's entitled Artists Unleashed, and the speakers will comprise of men and women who are in the performance and art scene. And in the spirit of fusion for this week, I also like to mention that Jason Godfrey, <laughs> <laughs> who is half Filipino and half Canadian, so that's your fusion infusion, <laughs> um, is also part of the lineup. Okay, <laughs> that's Tasha doing a bit of fusion fangirling there. <laughs> and uh, if a trip to Penang isn't in the works, but you still want to see what's happening in the art world, we have Zanard Case. I think that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> it's a showcase of work by Australian Brian Robinson, who is a Torres Strait Islander. Zena Case, if we're saying this right, actually means art is life uh, in Brian's native language. His art covers a variety of genres, mainly graphic prints and sculptures, which depict the influences of his indigenous heritage and his religious upbringing. So Brian fuses the storytelling elements of traditional ab Aboriginal art with contemporary nuances to create this distinctive work. The admission is free and it'll be taking place at Shalini Ganenda Fine Art and it's running till the end of August. So I know we Malaysians love us a bit of shopping and mall hopping, so let's talk store launches. Yes, let the homeware haul begin. Homeware hunters can rejoice because H&M Home is now available in Malaysia. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so H&M is all about dressing up the modern home with its seasonal roster of products that range from household staples to decorative pieces that will make great accents to any room or space. And I guess if the clothes are anything to go by, the clothes and accessories, then mm. you can expect that same sort of philosophy and the same sort of price points, but for the home. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. I was looking through the website and I've got my eyes on a pair of uh, striped cushion covers. And since fashion is having a real moment with marble... I'm also quite excited about the beautiful marble print bedspreads that they've got from their Autumn Winter 2014 collection. Mm. And next on the list, Tom's has also opened up in Pavilion. Now, Tom's is like a generation-wise answer to the Birkenstock. Uh, I'd say that Tom's has passed the need for any formal introduction. You know, they're the makers of the now classic cotton slip-ons that have been worn, loved and copied by many around the world. And while I love how it adds a touch of effortless cool to any outfit, it's ultimately the strong element of social enterprise and its business model that makes Tom's uh, the go-to brand for so many people. So yeah, it seems they've got a one-for-one -one business model where every pair of shoes sold uh, will mean that a pair will be given to a child in need. Yeah, and I'm not sure how long they've been doing this, but they've also started a similar concept with their eyewear line. Wow. Mm, where for every pair sold, a contribution will be made to the employment of nurses and doctors that can help restore the sight of a person in need. So if you're looking for a guilt-free way to engage in some retail therapy, then I think Tom's is a great place to start. Okay, so there's not much going on in terms of sports next week, although there will be a colour run happening on Sunday the 17th of August. Yes, named the happiest 5k on the planet. The colour run is definitely not your garden variety marathon run. The event promises to be the kind of experience that's less about speed and more about enjoying a colour crazy day with your friends and family. So I guess it's a little bit more like the Spotify run as well, where you know, you're running for pleasure exactly, rather than you know running to win the race, right? Yeah, it's just a chance for people to get 
get together, you know, do mm. something interesting on the weekend with your families. Yeah, and so I, I heard there's going to be colour fights or something like that. It is. I mean, it's basically a colour fight of sorts because uh, the, all the participants, uh, you get uh, this packet of coloured cornstarch and as you're running, all you have to do is just like, you know, you're just sprinkling strangers left and right with this colour starch and it's going to be really messy, really colourful, but I think a lot of fun. It reminds me of the Songkran exactly. Festival in Thailand. Yes, yeah. yes, that's what I was thinking. Songkran with a bit of colour. So you're supposed to do five kilometres in the colour run, but yeah, it'll probably be a very enjoyable and messy one. <laughs> yes, but unfortunately, the tickets have sold out for this event. Uh, although spectators are welcome to attend the post-race colour party where you'll be able to buy the packets of powder and um, partake in the colour festivities. Right, and for more information on that, you can visit www.thecolorrun.com C-O-L-O-R-R-U-N dot my. Well, with tickets sold out, you know, I guess there are more fit people in Malaysia than we think. Definitely. And another thing we Malaysians can't get enough of is, of course, food. This week, we're excited about Opium. It's mm. a fusion Asian restaurant that's just opened in Changkat, Bukit Bintang. Right, so the name is rather scandalous, but despite what the name might suggest, the only thing that's going to induce euphoria at this particular den are the delightful sounding dishes and cocktails that are on offer, such as Yes, with uh, with menu items such as curry spaghettini and tuna sashimi pizza, it doesn't really get more fusion fight than <laughs> fusion fight than this. And if the idea of cheese and raisins, samosas, or salted egg cream buns excites you as much as it excites us, yes, it then head over to their Facebook page. Uh, that's facebook.com/opiumkl because they've got a photo tag competition on as well until the twenty second of August, where you could win some dining vouchers. Mm. They've also got their full menu up on their website at opiumkl.com, and if you'd like to make reservations. Their number is 03214256700. That's service for you, all right? We even give you their phone numbers. <laughs> all right, and foodie lovers, you might want to hold on to your bibs because Nobu, yes, the Nobu, has finally arrived in KL. Yep, uh, definitely one of the most recognized establishments in foodie land. Uh, Nobu and their chef, Philip Leong, are now in town to delight us with their signature Japanese South American dishes, uh, like the iconic black miso cod and the rock shrimp tempura. I love that fusion, Japanese and South American. Mm. Hmm. We can also look forward to some local flavours and produce in the mix for globetrotting regulars to try. So for those who are well acquainted with Nobu's repertoire of dishes, it's going to be quite exciting to see what kind of locally infused creations they'll be serving up alongside their classic dishes. Maybe... uh, Tempoyak tuna, tempoyak ahi tuna or something. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, there's no official date of launch as yet, but they were slated to open in the second week of August. Hopefully we'll be able to get more information soon and if we do, we'll definitely let you know next week. And since we've got food and fusion on the brain, uh, let's see where this takes us when we speak to our resident couch potatoes, Christina Oro and Edwin Suman. But first, this is Forever by Haim. You're listening to A Sunday Kind of Love by Maya Tan on BFM 89.9. Remember me, remember love, remember trying to stick through my time. You took it all, you tried to see, you tried to bring yourself up down and
You're listening to A Sunday Kind of Love with me, Maya Tan. We've come to that point in the show where we find out what this... You know that kind it's of It's so music. retro. It's so retro. It's like, it's, it's so new now. It's going to come it. back and just get your all. And this... It can't be. We were close once. We started this whole Expendables thing together. Have in common. It's been less than two weeks since Raya exploded on us and thankfully we haven't exploded ourselves from all the fine dining but it also seems as if we as Malaysians have moved on to a new stage in our relationship with food. We went from carb and sugar binging to the Atkins to the Dukin to the raw food and the juicing and now having been traumatised by recent events it almost feels like we've been allowed to go back to our rendang and lemang. So I'm about to find out if this is true with our two resident couch potatoes whom I have the privilege of introducing in this episode. Say hello to Christina Oro. Hello, how are you? And Edwin Sumon. Hello, how are you? So let's have a quick look at what's happening in new releases. Um, in books, if the New York Times bestseller list is anything to go by, uh, let's just take a look at the top five on the list. Number one, The Book of Life by Deborah Harkness. Number two, The Heist by Daniel Silva. Number three, Act of War by Brad Thor. Uh, number four, Cut and Thrust by Stuart Woods. And uh, number five, Invisible by James Patterson and David Ellis. Kind of feel like this greets like the circle of life. You know, first it's, it's the book of life, and then it's no. But the you know, Deborah Harkness is a steampunk novelist. She's rather oh, popular steampunk. nowadays. Mm. I mean, she, this is a series of books that she has. It's you know her, her own little, I guess, Lord of the Rings or. It, What's that vampire? Twilight. Twilight, Twilight. So Deborah Harkness. Twinkies. Is the so twinkles. Would, twinkles. Would this book be the next in a, in a series that's ongoing? Uh, right now, I think the steampunk uh, phenomena is still quite contained. No one's making any steampunk movies unless you watch things like Penny Dreadful, which was on TV, which was very Victorian. You know, that was quite fun. Mm-hmm. And like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So, mm-hmm. so it, it, I mean, I, I know the title says The Meaning of Life, but actually it's probably one of the series with her detectives which is going around trying to like find some mass murderer in London or something. Right, so um, it's uh, part of a series. Yeah. Right, so uh, as I was saying, you know, it's the Book of Life followed by the heist, so something goes missing, and then Act of War because the person who Sun had Zou's things stolen from them. <laughs> who's, who's Act of it's, War is this It's again? Brad Thor's Act of War, followed by Cut and Thrust by Stuart Woods, and then you die, so you become invisible by James Cut and James Thrust sounds Patterson. like such a drag queen kind of thing, right? <laughs> you dare look better than me, I'm going to cut and push you and thrust you off the hill. We make meaning where we want to, Edward. Yes, we do. We have to make meaning where we want to. Like you said, in this day and age, you just have to find meaning. Like the first book says, the meaning of life. No, it's actually the book of life. But then... (laughs) (laughs) But I do like what you're saying, which is, you know, every now and then you kind of sort of look around and even in a list of books like that, you could sort of see something. There are signs everywhere. But uh, there's one sign here. (laughs) You should have seen Christina's face, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Daniel Silver and Brad Thor, James Patterson, they're all best-selling authors of thriller and espionage novels. So international intrigue seems to be the tone of the day. Yes, Robert Galbraith for me. Why? I'm in love with the lead lead character, which is Comrade Strike. Uh, Of course, also it's it's, um, J.K. Rowling's pseudonym, right? Robert Galbraith. So I like her writing. I it's see. not too difficult for some of us who, who she can't even speak properly because words can't string along. Easy writing for easy criminals, I guess. I don't know. Well, right. I kind of like my books to be, you know, along the romance novel thing. 
like Barbara Cartland? No, 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 no. I like I do like all the you know the Twilight and all the all those kinds of books, but not for the reasons. Twilight is a romance novel. Well, it is a romance novel. Ultimately, it's all about how a woman being born the way she is is enough to make an evil, misfitted sort of man change and love her. But doesn't she become a vampire at the end of the fourth book? That also sounds oh, like, about you know, sacrifice. Fifty Shades of Grey but with the sexist, you know. Yeah, it's all the same. Swapped. The format is all the same. Mm. The woman, just because she is who she is, manages to change some guy who just kind of randomly comes into her life for the better. Hmm. Maybe you'd like to give the book of life. I, I don't. I I will never ever pretend that it's any sort of feminist. No, no, you know, no, 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 never. No, 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 no. But it's what makes it so popular because I think from if you if you sort of buy into that sort of, I'm unempowered. I don't have the freedom that I think I should have, or something like that. This kind of romance novel. And if you're Kirsten Stewart, the ability to smile, you need to find the ability to smile. Four movies on, you're still a dowpuss. Maybe she's misunderstood. Yes, that's why she becomes a vampire at the <laughs> end of it all. So she can twinkle in the starlight. Okay. <laughs> Blurring reality. Moving right along. Um, any on this list that you're, you've read or are hoping to read? No. No. All right. Uh, none then. that I've read, but um, uh, that steampunk. Yeah, you should. I, I read her first book, the one that, that I read. I liked it because I like steampunk novels, you mm-hmm. know. Um, brings out a lot of images in my head. I might pick this one up, but then it means I have to read the, the second one Well, too. what exactly is steampunk? Is it just what it looks like? It's what it looks like. It's also that, you know, the advent of technology, I guess. You right, know, but in a sort of in a past In a past parallel, like, age. parallel age. Right. How they, they had their own technology where they is took, there, is they there took like an, a pot and turned it into a time machine. Oh. So is Doctor Who anywhere near HG Wellsy? No, Doctor Who is not steampunk. Doctor Who is way sci-fi into the future. This is kind of more like it seems like what HG Wells's yes, novels would Wells have felt kind of like back then yeah, when you were reading. Very Jules Verne. Right. Yes. So the possibilities of Jules, mechanical yeah. and technological uh, advancements in an age where you know people are still yes. in horses and carriages. Those of you listening who have children, let them read H.G. Wells and Jules Verne's worlds and things like that. Okay, so film. Film. Speaking film, about film. film. <laughs> Here are the new releases in the coming weeks. Uh, actually, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, opened on the 7th of August. That was a few days ago. Anyone looking forward to that? Yes. It's no. Michael Bay yes, produced. Yes, yes. No, no, no. I have Action always adaptation. avoided the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because... Why not? I mean, it was such a ridiculous premise from the beginning. But this particular... I've only seen the trailer for this one and I really, really like what I see. It's so odd because I'm a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan and I don't want to watch this movie because Megan Fox is in it. I'm That's like, the major is- draw for most guys. What, just every new franchise that starts, let's get Megan Fox in well, it. We do her for one back movie. To normal. Back <laughs> at least to she normal. wasn't in X-Men. She was in Transformers and then they axed her and now she's at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then I'm sure they'll ax her after this and then she'll turn up at what other franchise what I really thought for a minute that you were going to say I am a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle no no that's a long time ago Christina only (laughs) you know this no one else does Anyway, it's produced by Michael Bay and uh, it's got Will Arnett. I'm uh, not so that it's done add with anything. Michael Bay. Tony Shalhoub, Whoopi Goldberg. I don't know. I don't know. They only oh, star I there. I really right would now. like to see those two Tony Shalhoub and Whoopi yeah. Goldberg. Yeah, the, if anything, the you see for these two, right? Mm, going from okay. teenagers to um, Old ages. senior citizens. Senior citizens. <laughs> the Expendables, Expendables 3. 3. 
three. They made it past two. Now they're doing three. <laughs> Opens on the 14th of August. Now who wants to see Sylvester Stallone, no. Antonio Banderas, no. Jet Li? No. Hey, I'm surprised Jason Statham is in this list though. He's over 50, isn't he? No, he's not. Well, well they need someone to do the action scenes, don't they? <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. I disagree with you a little bit, El... Because you want to see <laughs> Al- to Alvin. Alvin. <laughs> disagree with me because I can so see Kelsey Grammer do action I scenes. I think Sylvester Stallone is an underrated dramatic actor. <laughs> <laughs> because of his unfortunate... <laughs> Keep it together, Alvin. I'm keeping it together. You're the one laughing. You're the one making the sentences right now. <laughs> So, no, Vesa no, no. Salone is such an underrated actor. Yes, I mean, Rocky is a prime example. There's also... Judge Dredd? <laughs> no, 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 no. The one where he's the, Total the recall. cop. The no, one where he Arnold. had virtual sex with Sandra Bullock. Demolition Man. <laughs> he had a cop, all right. <laughs> cop to feel. Cop to feel. I am talking about... Um, there's this movie where he plays uh, just a cop and he gets involved in a, in the sort of a, a crossfire between gangs or something. And he was very, really, very, very good in that. Okay. Anyway, moving right along. Well, moving right along. The moving Expendables right. opens 14th August. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those of you who enjoy a good Expendable movie, yeah. But then fans of the Scarlett Johansson and Luc Besson can look forward to Lucy opening on the 21st of August. Yes, can't wait and to see that one. Of course, Luc Besson brought us uh, La Femme Nikita, mm-hmm. the original one. And also... Uh, Lilu. Lilu. Lilu, the fifth L- element. Yeah. Oh, yes. Lilu multipass. I love it. Multipass. Ah, I love it. I remember Lilo that. Multipass. Lilo multipass. <laughs> multipass. And of course, uh, The Professional as well, which starred yes. Natalie Portman, right? Yeah, that was yeah. I mean, she was like 12 or something. And, you know, opened the eyes of the world to the great Jean Reno. Uh, yes, I love Jean Reno, especially when he. He was actually quite brilliant in the Pink Panther movies with mm-hmm. Steve Martin. I loved him in it. He played the straight man so well. Yes. Judging by the trailers, you know, it's going to be quite interesting. And, you know, Scarlett Johansson has done quite a number of interesting roles. Mm. There was one movie which was totally panned. Uh, it was called Under the Skin. And it was actually based very loosely on a novel by Michelle Faber, one of my favourite authors, where she played an alien who just seduced guys and you know, brought them into a place where they would just sink into this black ectoplasm. You know, we already have a movie like that. It's called Species. Right. So we already had watched Species, so we don't need to see loose skin. Okay, but anyway, Scarlett Johansson did very well because apparently there was no script and she just drove around Scotland. She drove around Glasgow. (laughs) It was supposed to be based in Edinburgh. (laughs) So Scarlett Johansson driving around randomly in uh, in Glasgow. Literally live. She'll she'll ask people like... um, Hey, uh, can you show me how to get to the M8 in this very London accent? And the guys are real and they're like, oh, I don't even know how to tell you how to get there. <laughs> and like in their <laughs> Glaswegian accents, which I'm not doing right now. Top of the morning to you, Ellie. <laughs> that's not even close. That's Irish, right? Okay, but uh, that's not the movie you want to watch. You want to watch Lucy start, starting on the 21st of August for Scarlett Johansson, Morgan Freeman, uh, and of course, Luke Besson. Okay, new releases in music. <laughs> Artist Tom Petty has Tom released Perry. something called Hypnotic Eye, released July 25th, 2014. It's showing up as the third most purchased album on Amazon and number two on iTunes. Hmm. Do you guys like Tom Petty? Yes. Well, he it's figured very much in my, uh, not teen, but my youth during college years, university years, but I 
I wasn't a big fan of that sort of jangly rock. I don't even know what kind of music. It was kind of like feel-good, jangly sort of... Kind of folksy rock. Folksy, which was really big at the time. Uh, If you remember that, that song that... Him, it was him, and then Roy Orbison. Yes, it was a group. They were a group together. Right, mm-hmm. what were they called? The Travelling Wilburys. Oh my God, yes! Major flashback. Okay, so that, <laughs> the, all that music. <laughs> you know, that kind it's of so music. It's so retro. It's so retro. It's like, it's, it's so gonna new come now. Back again, it's going to come it. back and just get your all. <laughs> Speaking of retro, Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, he's like vintage. It, back with mandatory fun. Uh, it came out on July 15, 2014. Genre is comedy and novelty. Certainly novel and I think an acquired taste. I miss his, you know, the good old days when his face wasn't so pulled back and he still did and things like did beat it. And when he did covers, like, yeah, uh, instead of beat it, eat he it, did, eat and it. fat instead and of yeah. he's got He's got some good tracks on this album. Well, I've heard a couple of the songs. I think they're very, he's, he's an erudite gentleman and he does sort of capture things that I've thought of I wish people would use their grammar properly and this is a nice way to do it the album's selling really really well in America right now maybe it's a sort of like a a window into the psyche of the Americans at the moment going yeah I need somebody to say something on my behalf Mm -hmm. because I can't stand people who can't use their apostrophes right and I can't stand people who I'd say irregardless instead of regardless and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but you use the word erudite. <laughs> How many Malaysians use the word erudite? Well, it certainly has piqued my curiosity, if not yours. So the word uh, erudite. Does anyone even know what it means? Articulate. Is it? Something like that. Don't know what talking. <laughs> uh, next on the list, Eric Clapton. Woohoo! Woohoo! He's got something called The Breeze, an appreciation of J.J. Kale. I know a lot of people will be buying this album. Hmm. Well, first of all, it's Eric Clapton. And secondly, it's a tribute to J.J. Kale, who passed away in July 2013 at the age of 74. And uh, it's also a tribute by some of the world's greatest guitarists. But, you know, I want to give a shout-out to an album that's quite underrated this mm. year. It was released this year, and it's a duet album by Babyface and Tony Braxton. Oh, my God. Oh, yes, yeah, see? they did some of the best collaborations ever. Yes, but they have, a whole, they have a whole album out, uh, duets with each other. The music is, you know, those who, those of us who love the R&B, sultry kind of sounds that mm-hmm. they used to do. This is a, a fresh take on that same sound. And the album, ironically, is called Love, Marriage and Divorce, since <laughs> both of them went through it. And the two of them got together to, to record this album, which came out earlier this year in February. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually here on sale in like places like Rock Corner, mm-hmm. and I've seen it. Speedy Videos and all that sell albums. Yeah, I, are I they rehashing old No, hits? they're brand it's new Are they new unbreaking songs, each duet. other's hearts? They're not unbreaking each other. I mean, the first single was called <laughs> Hurt You. Oh, uh, oh yeah, oh. baby. <laughs> and those of us who love the R&B of that time, especially people our age, you know, mm-hmm. 25 to to 39 or something yeah those of us of that age group will love this album how did I get let in here you (laughs) know how every time you have to fill in the form or they ask you a survey what age are you (laughs) 18 to 19 and then it's like 24 till 39 I used to for the longest time I've ticked that box I can't do that this year anymore yeah. Happy birthday Edwin <laughs> Simmons' birthday is tomorrow Yay! The 11th of August Thank you very much Happy Woo! birthday Happy to birthday you. to me <laughs> So now I'm going to circle back to my first thought about food You know, Do you think your relationship with food has changed? It's healthy It's healthy, okay What it's about healthy. you, Christina? Um, I used to have a healthy relationship with food Which was, I'll just eat whatever I want mm-hmm. And I had no negative feelings about what I ate mm, That's at a good all. relationship it was quite good until, um, you know, age and pregnancy and hormones changes everything. 
And nobody tells you that. I know how you feel. I know how you feel. (laughs) But it's not the fault of food, though. Food's still our darling, right? (laughs) So anyway, um, I thought, you know, apart from watching the AFC channel, there are some movies out there that we can watch. What's your favourite food-related movie? I remember my earliest food movie. uh, Mistake Pizza. No, 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 no. It was like a 1950s Danny Kaye movie called The Prince and Someone or something like that, Mm -hmm. where he's this impoverished guy who happens to be mistaken for a prince. Mm -hmm. Prince and and the Pauper. I'm not sure if it's called that. It was like a rehash of that sort of story. And he ends up being served this fantastical meal. And instead of minding his manners as a prince would, he starts eating and then they film it in fast motion. And he's just eating and and eating and eating. And then he accidentally eats the wine gourd and, you know, stuff like that. And I just was thoroughly entertained (laughs) because it looked so good. And I was so happy that he was filling up his belly. (laughs) Right. What about you, Edwin? Food-related movie. I don't remember my earliest, but I know the most recent one was Grand Budapest Hotel mm-hmm. because I like my little dessert things. And oh, yes. in the Grand Budapest Hotel, they had that little, you know, Mr. Measles little cake shop where they made those little profiteroles and yes. things. And I just, every time I've rewatched this movie at least a hundred <laughs> times now. And, you know, all these beautiful pastel confections actually yes. played a very key role in the escape of Gustav, yes, right? It was. But oh God, every time I watch it, I go, there's nothing in the fridge for me to make. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I have to watch this movie so and go through it. So next buy before you put that DVD you, on. No, but because <laughs> of it, I make a lot of banana chocolate chip crepes at a, at midnight. Any other food movies? Yes, uh, several. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've all seen, I'm sure, Chocolat. Mm-hmm. Mm. But before that, I had seen like Water for Chocolate, which was... Mm. Um, yes, when Laura I, When I watched novel. it, I was, uh, you know, underage, I think. And uh, I was quite oh, yeah. taken aback by how seductive and titillating the movie was mm-hmm. and uh, how it really grasped that concept of the link between food and seduction emotions. or foo- uh, food and emotions or even the sensory experience. Yeah. And uh, after that, I had watched a movie called Babette's Feast, which I thought oh. was really, really, was really, really lovely. really lush. Mm. Especially since it was set in like the most dreary landscape. <laughs> <laughs> North of, you know, yeah. France. I think there's something about food in movies. When it's done well, it just really reaches out to you. I don't have a particular movie that I remember, but just scenes from certain movies like really get me. Mm-hmm. Uh, one would be Andy Garcia and Sofia Coppola making gnocchi in Godfather Part 3. Oh, oh they were making gnocchi, all right. Yes. <laughs> and then the second was um, Mozart. You know, I don't know if you remember Tom yes. House as Mozart in 1985. Mozart's wife being enticed by Salieri, you know, with these confectionaries called Venus's nipples oh, and how yes. she was like just very succulently chewing down on them yeah. and giving him the information that he needed. Um, certainly all the chocolate in Juliette Binoche's movie Chocolat mm. and more recently all the spaghetti that they kept making and eating in blue is the warmest colour and people don't even watch that movie for spaghetti but the spaghetti really got to me I'm like I have to make some spaghetti and <laughs> eat it now You know movies I eat during movies even though I, I may have had dinner or lunch or had a meal with my friends and even when we go to the cinema I always like to have something to eat while I'm watching the movie mm. any movie mm. it, it's that I don't know what this is, oral fixation I may have watching movies. I don't need to eat the popcorn, but I want to have a large one. Mm-hmm. Then something quite unhealthy, mm-hmm. I it's guess. It's very Maybe a little Freudian, would you a say? A bit Freudian, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oral fixation or having to, you know, to do something in order to feel engaged. 
I'm very engaged in the movie. Or to masticate while you're, you know, receiving. I don't pleasure. masticate in the cinema. It's he public. Swallow, he swallows it. Everybody oh, masticates I... in the cinema. Ah, no masticating. No, no. <laughs> masticating. You do swallowing. that at home. <laughs> no, for Edwin, it's <laughs> whole. It doesn't get masticated. Yes. And Edwin, you actually have a music album that you'd like oh, to recommend. Yes. When it comes to food. A, a long time ago, I think sometime in in 2006, 2007. Um, there was this group that I used to listen to, Jazzanova. Mm-hmm. They released a compilation album called Home Cooking. So they got all their artist friends to to contribute one song to the album. And each song came with a recipe. So they compiled the recipes into the booklet of the CD. And they're all real recipes. I've tried a few of them. The album's called Home Cooking. I said that, right? Mm-hmm. So you can listen to it while you're doing these really simple recipes. And that's all we have time for on Couch Potato this week. Catch our 10-minute fusion life hack with Tasha Fusil right after this but before that here's a song from the album Home Cooking Soul Food served by Jasenova and Friends and this number is called Love Thang by Soul Fiction this is a Sunday kind of love I'm Maya Tan on BFM 89.9 Fellas in the backyard singing me tunes of cable water and hidden lagoons and swing smooth as it's a love thing that's for sure and I'm in for a minute then I go on leave the moment I sublimity talking ability wise will mankind rise and destroy pollute there whatever come not with a massive to a Sunday kind of love I'm Maya Tan I just love how Sundays are always full of possibilities and it's almost like you just want to pack in as much pleasure and relaxation as you can but you also want to come away feeling like you've done something productive so we've concocted a quick 10 minute life hack so you can feel like you've done good today here's Tasha Fusil with an offer you can't refuse 10 minute Tetarik white chocolate muffins 
Scientist Life Hacks, where we take you back in time to the days of instructional radio with modern solutions to living smarter and better. To quote Betty Crocker, every family has its own kind of problems, but baking doesn't have to be one of them. So today, we're going to learn how to make teh and white chocolate chip muffins. Now, you don't have to be an expert to use this tried and tested recipe. Not only are these muffins delicious and a cinch to make, the teh also adds a local twist of flavour that's going to make you look like a gourmet in the kitchen. This recipe makes enough for 12 standard-sized muffins. So for this recipe, you will need 2 cups of self-raising flour, 1 cup of sugar, a half teaspoon of salt, just one egg, a three-quarter cup of milk, one-third cup of vegetable oil, one teaspoon of vanilla essence. This will add that taste of milky richness that condensed milk has in our teh tarik. And of course, we can't forget the tea. One teaspoon of tea dust. If you prefer your tea a little bit more cow, you can always add another teaspoon. We use Chat Masjid, but there will be other brands available at your neighbourhood sundry shops and select supermarkets. And probably my favourite ingredient in this recipe, one cup of white chocolate chips. We personally recommend the big fat buttons from Ghirardelli. As for equipment, all you need are some muffin liners and a muffin tray. You can even make the muffin liners yourself by cutting some parchment paper into 5x5 five five squares. Just mould the paper on the bottom of a jar of glass, then place them right into the holes of the muffin tray. And if you haven't got a muffin tray, you could also just put a sheet of foil on a regular baking tray and pop the batter into some cupcake liners. You might not get that crispy muffin top crust, but the taste will definitely still be there. I think we're all set to start baking. The first thing to do is to preheat the oven to 180 degrees Celsius or 160 degrees if it's fan-forced. It only takes around 10 minutes for you to prepare the ingredients, so you'll be able to pop the muffins straight into the oven once you're done mixing. Place your muffin liners into the 12-hole muffin tray, then start with the dry ingredients. After you sift the flour, combine it with the sugar, salt and tea in a bowl. Then in a jug, mix together the egg, milk, oil and vanilla essence. Fold the wet ingredients into the dry ingredients, including the white chocolate chips, until just combine. Remember, you don't want to overmix because unlike cupcakes, muffins are meant to have a heartier, more bread-like texture. And this is achieved by just combining ingredients instead of creaming everything together. Pour batter into each muffin liner and smooth over the top. And make sure that the batter is only filled up until a third of the cupcakes or the muffin liners because you don't want it to overflow. Then pop them straight into the oven for 22 to 25 minutes. Your muffins are now ready! Leave them to cool in the tin for 5 minutes, then transfer to a wire rack to continue cooling. Once the muffins are cool, what else is there left to do but to pop them into your mouth? Life hat! Hiya! And that was a Sunday kind of love. We hope you've enjoyed listening to us. Send us news about your event or new product, or simply just tell us what you think of the show by emailing sundaykindoflove at bfm.my. I'm going to leave you with Let's Get Started by Dylan Gartner. Have a super Sunday and a wonderful week ahead. This is Maya Tan on A Sunday Kind of Love, BFM 89.9. I'll be John and you'll be Yoko. Yeah, just sit back and watch I love girl. I'll be winter, you'll be summer. I couldn't just another I'll be Sunday You'll be Monday Look into those eyes My happy Are you standing there Thank you for listening to this podcast To find more great interviews Go to bfm.my Or find us on iTunes BFM 89.9 The Business Station